Getting ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm Fergus. I am joined tonight by Big Steve, Dan Mountney from the Gooner fanzine, and hopefully a little later on, old man Trev will uh, join us. Um, we are going to look ahead to the... Um, we're going to look ahead to the Crystal Palace game tonight, and we're also going to have a brief look back at the Newcastle game as well. Um, guys, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, Trev has made it at the very last oh. second. That was that was that was <laughs> impressive. That was really impressive. Right on time. Yeah, literally, he said he'd be on at six forty-five. Hello, boys. And he was. How are we doing? Oh, he's Didn't got a delay me. again. Uh, yeah, just can about, just about. Uh, yes, <laughs> um, yes, we can. Can you hear me or not? <laughs> yes. Oh, well, your yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Hello, I suppose it would be only rude of me if I didn't uh, allow our guest, Dan Mountney, uh, formerly of the Islington, Islington um, what, what was it? Islington Gazette, Gazette yeah, and uh, now off the Guna fanzine, and you also have a blog. Uh, introduce yourself, Dan. Welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, and thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, Fergus. Yeah, delighted to be here. Obviously, a uh, big game tonight, and we've got, got a lot to talk about, haven't we? So, uh, so, yeah, looking forward to getting into it. Brilliant. Steve, you're still up north, yeah? Yeah, still in Sunderland. Still in Sunderland. God, you sound delighted. And... Uh, <laughs> Somewhere between me and thee is um, is Trev. Trev, uh, can you hear me? Is there a seventeen second delay or anything now? I don't know. Is yeah. there? It's up to you. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, sorry. Looking forward it's to listening right. to Big Steve tonight. He sounds excited tonight, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Honestly, it's just yeah, just same old, same old. Listen, guys, what we, before we get into tonight's game, I want to briefly look back at the Newcastle game because it's the last time we were on here. We'll be on again on Monday night as well. It took extra time and goals from Bamiyang and Smith Rowe uh, to get us through. Newcastle came into this game really, really looking for penalties and just trying to maybe nick it with an Andy Carroll uh, like you know, set <laughs> a special special speciality. My words aren't coming out really wide, but informed Smithrow uh, had an eventful evening after coming on in the second half substitute uh, and seeing um, a red card, which was correctly rescinded. I'm glad the referee correctly rescinded that. Bamiyang tapped tapped in the second uh, and basically put the game to bed. But listen, it wasn't uh, plain sailing. Andy Carroll missed two golden chances chances in normal time. Um, and, you know, we could have one of those rare um, FA Cup exits if uh, if he had got that. The only time in the last 25 FA Cup third round ties was against Nottingham Forest a couple of years ago uh, that we got knocked out. Um, Dan, going to you first, what did you make of the game? Just like as a couple of minutes um, sort of a summary. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a bit of a struggle to start with. We kind of grew into the game, and as as we went to extra time, it, it you know we we hope we thankfully secured the win. I think it was a really good confidence booster in terms of the team. Obviously, you know, four wins in all competitions in a row, another clean sheet, and for individuals as well, especially Barryang to get on the score sheet. We've seen him struggle in recent weeks, so I think yeah, finding the back of the net was good for him and and Smith Rowe as well. Obviously, he's been excellent in recent weeks and showed his talent again in the FA Cup, and hopefully he'll he'll start tonight and and do the same. Yeah, Aubameyang has um, managed to score in all uh, four FA Cup appearances, netting six goals in the competition was really good. Uh, Smith Rowe has been directly involved in six goals for Arsenal in all competitions, two goals and four assists. Only Lacazette, with six goals and one assist, has been involved in more. Steve, what did you make of it? Um, yeah, I think that's hard to start with. Um, just there was nothing happening and... And yeah, I think for for Arsenal, heart in mouth, couple of moments with Andy Carroll, um, who was everywhere. Considering the guy could, you know, seems to barely be able to move these days, he was he was everywhere. Um, yeah, extra time when it went to extra time, I thought we'd nick it. I didn't think it would go to penalties. Um, Lacazette made all the difference, and yeah, brilliant finish from Smith Rowe. I love the chest 
the, the control off his chest, bring it down and then just slotted it straight past the keeper. Um, yeah, bit of a bit of a hard watch, but we got the job done and, and that's it. We move on now to Southampton or, or who is it? Southampton or somewhere? Southampton uh, or Shrewsbury Town yeah. and then Wolves and I can't remember who. Yeah. yeah, it will be Southampton. It will be. Trev, um, uh, Tierney was heavily involved again in the game. Uh, Lacazette came on and the game basically changed uh, the whole pace of the game. Everything changed about the game. What was your what was your overall summary of the um, of the FA Cup game? I thought we did all right, Fergus. After that dodgy start, I mean, we um, oh, I've turned the lights on. Look, we um, thank God for that. We had the reserves out. <laughs> we had the reserves out. We didn't, so I didn't expect a lot first half, and we got exactly what I expected. Uh, Dan Dan, the zero man, gave William a zero. I thought that was a bit harsh. I thought he was worth a one for getting to the stadium, Dan. Um, I knew you'd but, bring that uh, up. <laughs> <laughs> but then, then after that, we, we picked it up all right when we bought that. When we bought the first teamers on, and I'm, I'm loving calling them first teamers. When we got the first teamers on, we looked a different side, and it took a little bit of breaking them down. But in extra time, we looked back to being comfortable, didn't we? I've just got it off when I mentioned opposition's players, but I'm going to mention, I thought, you know, I thought Andy Carroll for 90% of the game is the best player on the pitch. I thought he really, really, best game I've ever seen Andy Carroll play and he chose to have it against us. But uh, yeah, apart from that, I, poor first half, bring the stronger lads on, bring the youth on, bring, bring the people that want to play for the badge on and away we went. And in extra time, I thought we wrapped it up nicely. So yeah, uh, just disappointed that the players that had the opportunity in the first half didn't take it, did they? Didn't take it. No, didn't they didn't. Interested they didn't. Some of them. And, yeah. and one of those players that you mentioned is William, and you uh, mentioned Dan's scoring of William. Um, Dan, do you want to clarify why you give him that score? Look, I um, listen, I, I, before before you do, I'll, I'll put my um, uh, position. I spoke to Mem, who's also been on here before. I thought... Um, as a piece of business, I thought it was a good piece of business for 200, uh, I think it's a 20 million pound deal all, all in all over three years. I thought it was a good piece of business. He's got Premier League experience and everything else. He turned up at Fulham and you can see the quality that's there. He hasn't turned up since. Yeah, he just, he looks completely off the pace. You know, there's times where you see the players around him and everyone just seems to be moving a lot quicker and he's just, he's just not there. I don't know whether it's a confidence thing or fitness or whether it's just, you know, the natural decline of a player who's over 30 and is, you know, moving towards retirement. Um, in terms of the business overall, I, I disagree with you, Fergus. I think it was a really poor piece of business to offer a 32-year-old a three-year deal on the money is on as well. And you look at the situation surrounding us, or they've been bitten before in terms of giving a big money deal to aging players. And, and they've done the same again. They're not learning from their mistakes in terms of that. So yeah, it was uh, his performances are frustrating me. And it was the same with the signing overall. Guys, either you two disagree with me. Do you think it was a, a good deal or a uh, bad deal? I, I agree to an extent. I, I think the reason we gave him the third year as Chelsea were only offering two, I yep. think if after this year, you know, if, if if he spends the next six months being absolute crap like he has been, then I think having that two-year period after this year gives us, you know, if someone comes in from the MLS for China, we can say, right, well, you've got to pay us two million, three million. We recoup some of some of the wages from this year back. Um, so can you can you see that happening when you got forty Premier League players dropping out of contract this June? Wenger talked about it beforehand, and everyone thought he was an idiot by saying that it was now agent and player power, and it has gone to agent and player power that they're yeah. now running the contracts down. They're all, they've all negotiated right up on the stupid high wages, and they're just saying, you know what, Klasniak, I'll take the money. Mustafi, yeah, I, I I'll take the money. I think the wages are ridiculous, but I think. I do think someone like William, if he is playing in a league where is it's not as as physical, it's not as you know demanding. I th I think teams out there might be in for him. You know, the, mm -hmm. there's there's rumours at the moment Real Betis are looking at, at going for him in the summer. So 
you know, we we don't we don't know massively, but I think if we would have given him just a two year deal, then he could say, well, actually, no, I'm going to stay at the club until next year, and I'm going to walk away on a free, and I'm going to sit here and have those wages. But I think having that third year, I think, just protects us a little bit more in 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 instances like where we have been bit, as Dan says. Trev, anything to add on it before we move on to the Palace game? Yeah, I agree with. I'm sorry, Fergus. I agree with Dan, mate. I I think if we were going to have Willian, it's it's, it's uh, Steve's got a very good point actually about running contracts down and sell on fees. But he's 32 years old. Should have one year at the most. Should have had one year at the most with a walk away option for both Arsenal and 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 Willian. I I can't. I, I was abs- I was in shock when he got a three year actually. I was in shock when it's, he got a three-year, not only because it, of his age, but because of what we've got coming up behind him. He's not going to, he shouldn't be in the side. He can't get in the side. So, yeah, mm. I'm very shocked. The high weight and the length of the contract. It's probably a lot to do with Kia Jurabchen, if that's his pronunciation. I'm awful with pronunciations. And uh, also Edu, because Edu has limited knowledge and he's uh, taking the lead from uh, that said agent. Uh, let's get on to the Palace game. Um, the last time... Uh, I remember. I fondly remember the Palace game. It was the Palace game at Sellers Park that myself and Trev, Trev, Trev will remember a minute of it. But we ended up in some Polish bar by some train station in South London, and uh, and then we end up in in, in London Bridge. And uh, Trevor won't remember that either. But um, yeah, it was it was it was a good day. Stop! 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 Right now! <laughs> stop! Right now! I'm not having it. I, now then, let me tell you, we were in a Polish bar. At, at Norwood Junction Station, and we it were in was. there for a while. Fergus never bought a beer all night. We got back to London Bridge and we met <laughs> up with Dave Phillips and a few of the other good Arsenal lads at London Bridge. We had a few more beers. So who remembers more, Fergus? Me or you, son? Hey, who for, remembers for, more? For the, benefit, you? for the benefit for the benefit of our audio listeners, my face just changed when he said I didn't buy a beer. I would never ever go into a pub in company and not buy a beer. I'd buy one for myself. I wouldn't buy you one for you, Trev. So like you know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, Thomas Party is available. Uh, you did say, Trev, you didn't want to see him playing uh, against Newcastle. He didn't, uh, he didn't play. He's been in training. He's been out for a month with a thigh in- injury. Gabriel should also be available. He's finished his uh, uh, self-isolation following mild corona uh, virus. Uh, Gabriel, who was taken off against Newcastle, that looked like a really serious injury, um, is back. It just seems like it was a, a bit of a knock. Um and for Palace, uh, Sissoko won't feature due to a uh, thigh strain. Um, but um, Gary Cahill, a player I think we should have bought, um, uh, is out again with another hamstring. But he's another ageing player. Um, what's your thoughts on the game, Dan? If we go to you first, then what, what, what's your thoughts and expectations of the game? Um, I think, you know, we've obviously got to go into it trying to trying to get another win. You know, go. I think it's. I think it'll be the four. If we get a win tonight, it'll be the first time since October 2018 we'll have had four consecutive Premier League wins. So a bit of history in there. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, we've got we've got a strong. I crossed that stab off my list, shall I? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Fergus. Uh, it's all right, mate. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think having Partey back uh, will be a big boost. It looks like he's going to be on the bench, but I think that's probably for the best. I'd maybe give him half an hour, twenty minutes, just to get a bit of fitness into his legs. But if you look at the games we've got coming up, we've got a lot of big games to play, especially if we want to push for Europe at the end of the season. So getting him ready for those, but kind of saving him at the same time, I think is the way forward. So it's good to have him back in the same with Gabriel. Steve, thoughts? Yeah, um, I've just just a thing. Uh, Gabriel and Arte are rumored to be on the bench. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Palace have Palace have been one of our bogey teams in recent years. Um, you never know what Palace is going to turn up. You know, they can they weirdly, and we've seen it at times in the last few years, can play play teams off the park, and then other days just they'll just get turned over. So. I think we've got to be completely on it. I don't want to see um I don't want to see William stay in the side uh for obvious reasons. We need to we need to go at them with some energy, with some pace. Their midfield isn't massively dynamic. They've got Eze and um and and Zaha who we know can punish punish teams on the break. Um yeah, we've just got to go at it and, and not be complacent. Just really, you know, really try and get as much of the game done in the first half as as we can. 
Trev, we're winless in the past four Premier League games, drawn three against Palace, um, who have only won five in the last 47 games against Arsenal. Uh, we've scored 20 in all league home meetings. Um, what's your thoughts on the game? He's muted himself. You've muted yourself, Trev. Let me unmute <laughs> you, shall I? You on, did that on purpose, didn't you? I didn't. <laughs> purpose, Fergus. Every week you blame me. Every week. Right. Look, it's not your fault you're born in 1886. Steve is exactly right, okay? Steve's exactly right. You don't know what Palace team's going to turn up. They are a team of extremes. They can be extremely good or extremely poor. But looking at our recent form, we should be good enough if we play the right side. If we play our right team, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bit different to the lads in that I am not bothered about... Oh, I'd like to see Gabriel back. I'd like to see Gabriel on the bench, though, because I think it would be unfair on holding Amari to, to drop either of them boys. I think they've been very, very good. And it's been a long time since I said I think the back, back four picks itself, but I think it does tonight. As for party, I, I disagree with Dan a little bit in that I think party is that good. I haven't seen a lot of him since he came to the Arsenal, and I've not seen a lot of him since he's been at the Arsenal. But what I have seen of the young man party, he looks a class above anything we've got. And he's filling the gaps exactly where we wanted the gaps filling. I've just seen Steve's face, so I don't know if he's seen the team. Am I yeah, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> so we have Leno in goal, Bellerin, uh, Louise holding Maitland-Niles oh, as the back four. Shaka <laughs> and Tobias, Jesus um, Saka, Smithrow, Abamyang, and Lacazette. On the bench, we have Runyarison, Gabriel, Cedric, Chambers, Willock, Party, William, um, Pepe, and Eddie Nketiah. Go on, Trev, you go first. You, you tell me what you think of that. I'm in, I'm in shock. I, I, I don't want to see David Luiz anywhere near our back four. How could I've got every faith in Arteta, but sometimes, sometimes he really tests me. Why on earth would he bring Louise in and not play either Mari or Gabriel? That that's that's astonishing. Is Mari on the bench? I can't see that. It's too small. No, no Mari, no, no, no Tierney. No, you've, you've got to assume that's injury, surely, for both of those two to be left out. You've, you've, surely not. They, they played in the FA Cup. I have to assume that's injuries. I'm in shock. I'm in big, big shock. Louise in a back four is no good. Last Steve? week we said, didn't we? We said we said we expected to see some some players rested up against Newcastle. We said maybe Mary would drop out for Gabrielle. We said maybe Tierney would, you know, Maitland Niles or Cedric would come in for Tierney. Um, maybe Arteta has gone, well, you know what? Play the FA Cup game, have a rest during the week against Palace. Um, that that I, I don't think they're injured. They can't be injured. Um, I, I I assume it's because they played the FA Cup and they and remember they both played 120 minutes, didn't they? They both played 120 minutes, Tierney and and Mari. So it could it could be that. I'm hoping it's that. Um, it, good to see Maitland Niles having a game. Uh, great to see Maitland Niles having a game. Um, but yeah, I just I'm I'm a little bit baffled that they're not even in the squad. But then saying that, looking at the bench, you know, we've got we've got Chambers, we've got Gabriel, we've got Cedric, we've got cover in the back four. Um we got Benteke as he side uh, is Guitata, that was then Ward Tompkins, Canute, Mitchell, Townsend, um Shevik, MacArthur as a Benteke and Zaha. It's a 4-4-2. Uh, you know, Zaha has been directly involved with 10 of Palace's 22 goals a season, um, scoring eight and providing uh, assists on two. Dan, what's your thoughts on our side and their side? Um, yeah, I've, we've obviously had a bit of discussion about Tierney and Mary, and I, I think I assume that's injuries. It's got to be to leave them two out. Obviously, they played the 120 minutes in the FA Cup, but they've been key um, to our improvement in form, so uh, so I'm I'm surprised if they have just been left out. Uh, good to see Partey and Gabriel back, and and as for Palace, you know we knew probably Zaha was going to play, 
and that he is the concern and we've got to try and keep him quiet somehow because he's, he's a real live wire. And I think it's after what Una Emery said in the interview he did this week about wanting to sign Zaha instead of Pepe, you know, he's going to have the bit between his teeth. Uh, Terry Greenwood in the comments says um, uh, Tierney has been rested because of tight muscles. And if he has played that game and they're playing so much games over over the Christmas period, um, it, it is going to have an impact on them. Uh, and obviously, cold weather and everything else that goes on. And Richard Butler, a friend of the show, has also said Mary has played five or six games in a few weeks after a long-term injury. He needs a rest with all the games we've got coming up. I think it's a sensible team selection in the circumstances. Uh, disagree. I don't know. Disagree. I, I, I don't exactly. I, I said I don't know if it's a sensible one. I don't, I don't like the fact that Sabias is on there um, and Shaka together. Yeah, I, I think I, it's I very don't. negative. You know, I, yeah. I I would have liked if you're going to put Shaka and Sabias on, I would have probably put oh, well, Maitland Niles is on there as well. I I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, well, Maitland Niles, unless they're going to play a back three, it's unlikely to play a back not, three. Not, with that. No, you have not, a not with Bellerin. No, I don't think not so. With Bellerin in a three, no chance. You could, you could with Louise holding and Shaka as a back three because Shaka has dropped in uh, to a yeah, back three. Yeah, the way five. the way that's listed, there's no, there's no way. Mm, you've got no, this theory about how it's listed, Steve, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. No, it's, it's a four. It's definitely a four. There's no way. The thing is, you've got Chambers and Gabriel on the bench, and Cedric. There's no way he's playing a back three with that starting lineup, because if he was going for a three, why isn't why isn't Chambers or, or Gabriel in there? Uh, nah, no way. That's a three. It's, and Dan, it's a four-two-three-one again. It's a four-two-three-one yeah. again, Fergus. It, it, it seems to be that's how we are. are we seem to for, uh, form a, a, a variation of a four-three-three. Dan, uh, I did ask you already about the uh, Palace lineup. What do you make of that uh, Palace lineup? Do you, do you see where do you see the main threats? Um, yeah, well, well, Zaha is, is, I think, is the obvious one, isn't he? You know, he's he's a real live wire, and he can make things happen on his own. We, we've seen him at times win games on his own. You think back to. Uh, to the end of the 2018-19 season where, where the Palace beat three to at the Emirates and Zaha was influential in that. Um, and Eze as well. Obviously, he's been in the news this week about his COVID breach, but he starts a bit surprising. Um, but yeah, he's he's a player that I like as well and you know, re- really good on the ball, can make things happen. So th- those are two we need to watch out for. Question is, is Zaha not as good as Pepe? Oh. oh. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> I mean... You know, when, when Pepe signed, I was I was a big fan and I was expecting big things. I mean, he's just not produced. Um, I think going for Zaha probably would have been the better option. He's someone with Premier League experience and he's shown this season that, you know, he, he can certainly make things happen. And you look at the spell we were having as well earlier in the season where, you know, no one was creating anything. A player like Zaha would have made a big difference. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, on reflection, maybe Zaha would have been the better choice. Now, Trev, I know every time I ask you about the uh, opposition side, you just give me the answer who. But you're <laughs> you're a man. You're a man of the world. You know what players are like. Who worries you on there? Obviously, Zaha is a problem. Benteke is a is a lump. Um, does anything worry you on there? Well, to be honest with you, Fergus, you've moved me on. I'm still talking about the opposition, but you've moved me on nicely to something else. I wanted to talk about briefly tonight in that uh, Chris Wheatley uh, is he's football London and he Dan will know is he football London Dan? Yes, he is. Chris, yeah. Chris Wheatley, the reporter for football London for the yeah. Arsenal. He, he done an interview with Emery this week. Done an interview with Emery yes. this week, and it was a it was a fantastic interview. It was very informative, and it confirmed a lot of what we thought, and it and it and it, and it brought one or two more points to the fore and. Emery wanted Zaha, didn't he? Emery wanted Zaha um, and he didn't get his way, I don't think. I don't know any deeper than that. So Zaha might be thinking tonight, I need to turn up. I've got something to prove here tonight. So, um, but having said that, Zaha's easily to, easy to get out, isn't he? You've only, got to, you've only got to wind him up a little bit and he goes right off his game. Starts whining to the ref and forgets to play football. So, I'm not... I, I, ben Teke up against... Louise, yeah, I'm not sure about that, but if we play to our, as we should, if we play to our form, which is going to be difficult because we've changed the team a bit, then we shouldn't have a problem tonight. But that's that's uh, that's a, a massive ask. I, I think we'll be all right. 
just sticking on that on that interview with Emery, it was really interesting. I'm not going to dwell on Ozil for long, don't worry. But that was <laughs> a massive, massive part of that interview for me. You know, it just confirmed what we thought Ozil was doing. And, and I just want to touch on one part. You boys know I'm not going to bore you with it. I was in... I was in Baku for the Europa League final and I always said that was where Ozil, <laughs> Ozil finally lost my support in Baku. I finally finished with him. I watched him and, and he never made any effort at all. And I was very interested to hear Emery say that after the game in Baku, he called a players meeting. Um, although the season had then ended, he, he called a players meeting and rightfully so because they should have had a lot to discuss in the fallout from that final. And he said the only player that didn't turn up was Messi Ozil. And I think that says massive things about his attitude towards the club, what he thought Trev, about the badge, what he thought about his fans. Trev, um, he isn't the only player. Uh, and uh, the other players who were involved in the halftime bust-up in the dressing room, which I discussed with you before, um, haven't been named in that article. And it does puzzled me why they weren't named. I'm not going to name them on here. There's no point because I've got no, well, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure my information was right because it, the, the, the article that was in, Fergus. I think the Metro. Go on. Fergus, listen, Emery chose his words very carefully. Emery chose his words very carefully. And I didn't really speak badly about Ozil. What Emery said was, what Emery said was, I called a meeting of the players after the game, and the only one that didn't turn up was Mesut Ozil. That was what he said. That was yeah. what he said. You know, yeah. so he's obviously inferring by that that the other players that he fell out with did turn up and did look to clear the air, maybe, or look to sort things out. Um, I, I'm just so disappointed. But I've learned a lot this week about, about our football club. And, 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 can, and can I have, can I have 30 seconds more, Fergus? Yeah, go on. Go on, go on. Because yeah, go, go. I, saw the, I saw the best Arsenal tweet I've seen in a long time to this week from a, a good Arsenal mate of mine, a, a bloke called John Williamson. I've, Dan might know him. Uh, I yeah. don't know if you other boys have, have heard of John. He's the biggest Arsenal fan that has ever set foot on this planet, right? We're some, A lot of us are committed, but John Williamson has been in more games than, than I could ever dream of going to. And he, he put a tweet on of Twitter, right? And he said, he, and I quote, I only want three things from any Arsenal player. Always give 100% regardless of ability. Always thank the fans after away matches, especially in Europe, win, lose or draw, because we've, we've paid a lot of money to come and see you. And thirdly, never disrespect the fans, the club, the shirt or the badge. As a player, just do those three simple things and all the fans will respect you. All the fans will respect you. And the reason I've quoted him, Fergus, is not only because it's a fantastic tweet, and it sums up my thoughts as a fan, right? It, it, it just makes me think that actually some of the players are starting to do that now. In the last few weeks, I've felt this different feeling about the supporters. Right, I'm done now. That's it. Sorry, Andy, I won't rattle on anymore, son. Uh, but you have players named in this squad tonight that don't respect the badge, don't respect the shirt, don't respect the captain's armband. Dan, what's your view on players Absolutely. like that? Um, I think, you know, after, I, I, I assume you're referencing Granite Xhaka. So, uh, I'm referencing a Crystal Palace game in October <laughs> of last year, of, of 2019. I thought you, I thought you might be. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. What, he, what he did that day was completely unacceptable. I think, you know, every Arsenal fan would agree with that. But you've, you've got to remember that when Arteta came in, he did say, you know, this is a clean slate for everybody. Everybody's going to get a chance to show me, you know, they want to be here and they're committed. And I think Xhaka did that. You know, I, I'm not privy to what happened behind the scenes with Xhaka, but there was obviously a chance for him to go to the Bundesliga and Hertha Berlin. But Arteta convinced him to stay and he wants to stay and he's taken on a bit more responsibility. And we've seen him take the armband back a few times as well, which is a bit of a surprise. But I think it was that whole thing with Arteta wanting a clean slate and letting people have the opportunity to to show him what they can do. And a, a question, another one to, uh, just, just come into my head. Um, as an Arsenal fan yourself, do you want him to stay? Um... I think he's got. Sorry, <laughs> I think he's got. Right, mate. I think he's got a very um, limited set of skills. You know, he's he's good on the ball. He's got a good range of passing. But I don't think, if you look at you know the, someone like Partey, who is clearly the kind of player Arteta wants, that Xhaka is athletic enough to play in that position. We need someone who's able to get forward and back 
and progress with the ball. And Jacker doesn't have that in his skill set, unfortunately. Um, so I think, yeah, eventually his his limited skills will we'll see him moved on at some point. But I think for now he probably is kind of second in that midfield pecking order behind Partey. I think, as we've said before, and Steve will, will agree with me, um, he needs must with Shaka to a certain degree. He's feeling that he's he's probably, and you could see that with um, some of the games over Christmas. He he's probably the best we've got in that position. When you look at El Neni, who I have championed uh, at times, but uh, and Steve has, uh, but he's probably the the best in that position. Steve, would you agree? At the moment, uh, until Party gets fit. Yeah, I mean, when, if 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 Party's fit, then he stays. But even then, I, I mean, I'd like to see Party next to Sabios. I'd like to see how Sabios gets on with Party. Um, but I also think Xhaka would play better next to Party. Party is is able to get backwards and forwards, and and I don't know, it's an interesting one. Our midfield at the moment is is the poorest I've ever ever known it to be as a you know for, for a long long time. Um, there's just no, there's no real dynamism in the midfield, and I, I mean we, you know, obviously players like Smith Rowe and Saka that play further ahead, and but when we talk about you know if we were playing a flat three or or that double pivot in a four two three one, it's just not very good at the moment. And even you know even with Elneny that 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 plays his heart out, he, you know we saw we saw a few weeks back, he's got he's got blunders in his game. Of course he has. He, he's not. He's the most skillful player. He's, he, he does like a sideways and a backwards pass. He plays it safe. You know, sometimes that works. That worked wonders at Man United and he kept on running. He kept on running and he, he's, he's had some good games in the past where he's not put a foot wrong. But we need someone that's, that's as, as Dan said, like a parte that is going to someone can do everything in that position that can tackle, that can move the ball forward, that can, you know, get back and put a challenge in. Um, so... <laughs> a long way round to answer your question, I do think Xhaka is probably second best um, or best in that position if Partey is not available. Um, but even then, you know, like when we've said about El Nenny in the past, ultimately he's not good enough. We need better. But if that's what's there, that's what's there. And and that's the problem we've got currently. Mm. Um, Dan, I'll go to you first. Then I'll go to Trev. Um uh, Sean or Keen, uh, Kane has put a, a, a question in the chat. He says, um, who, did, who do we think we're going to sell in the transfer market uh, or sign in the transfer market? Because I, I was thinking selling about other players. But who, have you heard or do you know of anybody coming in? I, I can't see much coming in. Um, yeah, there's there's limited funds, basically. They, they need to sell <laughs> and move players on in order to get someone in. Um, they're, they're looking at a few players. Obviously, Julian Brandt's been mentioned a few times. I think they'll be hoping to do a loan deal for him. But Dortmund at the moment, they're not really entering into negotiations. There's someone else they're looking at as well. Uh, Manor Solomon from Shakhtar Donetsk. We've heard his name banded around in the past few weeks as well. That looks more like it would be a summer move if that was to happen. But they are definitely going after that creative midfielder. Um, and, you know, if, if somehow they get the funds together, they'd also be interested in a central midfielder. We've heard a bit of talk about uh, Eves Basuma from Brighton. Uh, they're also looking at a guy from Red Bull Salzburg called Enoch Mwepu. I uh, broke that exclusive news uh, last week. So uh, they're, they're looking at a few a few players to bring in, but the funds are the issue. Will that not restrict players like Smith Rowe? Um, and what do you think will happen with the likes of Willock, maybe Nelson and, uh, and um, Inketia as well? Yeah. Um, well, from, from what I understand with Smith Rowe, they see him, you know, as the future number 10. But at the moment, they think, you know, maybe another player in there. And there, there was talk of, you know, it being a world-class player. So that's something that might wait for the summer um, to to kind of, you know, mentor him and help him develop. And, and then, you know, in two, three years' time, he can take over that mantle. Personally, I think just give him the chances now. You know, he's shown that he can, he can take on the challenge and he's 100%. got the talent to do that. Um, as for Willock and Nelson and Nketiah, you mentioned there, um, I think... With Willock and Nelson, especially, there needs to be a loan move for those two. They've not had the opportunities, and when they have, they've not really stepped up to the plate. We saw that against Newcastle at the weekend. Um, and as for Enketia, really difficult one because there's yeah. been a lot of talk about following Balogun as well. And I think Enketia, kind of being that second choice striker, is, is limiting Balogun's opportunities. And from what I've seen of the two at youth level and in the first team as well, I think Balogun is the more complete player. Um, so, you know, whether Nketiah's moved on at some point, 
I don't think it will happen in January, maybe in the summer. But then again, that depends on Balogun. So difficult situation with him. Mm -hmm. Steve, I know we do it every time. You got, you know, you like yeah. the kids. Uh, yeah, um, it, and 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 we joke about that, but it means that you you follow the youth team as well as the as the first team. Uh, you know way more than me, and probably similar to what Dan might know because he follows the football more intensely than than we would. Uh, what's your thoughts on Inketia and the Balogun a rumor to Leipzig? Well, that's it. It's a rumor, um, and I I don't think anything signed just yet. I think there is a problem with the agent. I think he wants more money. And obviously the player then is going to want more money if that's what the agent's trying to get. And he's saying you can get it elsewhere. And I think if that has turned Balogun's head, then there's no point trying to keep him keep him here. Because if, you, if you're going to hesitate to... If you're going to hesitate to stay for the sake of a few quid as a 19-year-old that's played barely any minutes, and I'm sorry, you don't love the badge that, you know, that much... Um, as much as the agent may be the sticking point in that deal, uh, I, I think if he's going to go, go. I would like him to stay. I think, as, as Dan said, I think he does look a more complete player. Ed, Ed gets a stick now. And I think that since Balogun comes through, and I think if Balogun does leave, I don't. I hate at the moment the amount of abuse and stick that Eddie is getting. And, you know, six months ago, Eddie was flavour of the month. People liked Eddie yep. Nketiah because Lacazette was in poor yep. form. Eddie Nketiah was working hard. He is the last man, which he still does. But the thing as well people have got to remember is Eddie's form this season, he's scoring. He's still scoring goals for us. You know, people hate the Europa League opposition when we're talking about Eddie Nketiah. Oh, but he's, he's only scoring against farms. He's only scoring against plumbers. But Balogun comes on, scores against exactly the same farmers and plumbers, and everybody's raving. You know how many of those players are you know? And to be honest, Steve, I, I, I actually agree with a lot of what you say there. That um, when the youth players do come through, like Balogun and Enketia, uh, Smithrow to a lesser degree because he's he's now proven on the main stage. But when when they are coming through in the Europa League and the FA Cup and the League Cup, playing against second side teams, um, that 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 uh, you know that that is true. Trev, you heard what Dan said that um, the ambition is to make Smith Rowe um, a number 10 uh, and the number 10 for Arsenal, uh, the Arsenal. Um, what, what, do you, what do you make of that? Does, does that please you? Do you think he's ready now? Fergus, there's so many points to, to come back on here. Dan knows a lot more <laughs> than, than I do about the Arsenal but of course, anyone anyone that watches can see that Emil Smith Rowe is a class act, and he's he's going to be a number ten, and and he's our future. And I think that if he's good enough, he's old enough. I genuinely think that if he's good enough, he's old enough. Um, I, I just want to cover off all the three things in about twenty seconds. And Ketia, Willock, yeah, and yeah, Nelson yeah, looking in as a fan at the moment to me, they look like squad players. They look like squad players. If a loaner will help them out, get them out and get them on loan and bring them back better players. But at the moment, they're good, but they're not standout good. Then we talked about why have we looked so good recently. You know, Xhaka, Elneny, even Louise. I'm going to name three, but there's more. Have really looked to be better players over the last few weeks when we've been winning games. I'll tell you why they've looked better players while we've been winning games, because the likes of Emil Smith-Rowe, um, Bukayo Saka and... And Martinelli, they, they're going to make them look better players because them three running all over the field, making spaces, they drag forward passes out of, out of El Nenny and, and Xhaka. They've got no option but to pass the ball forward, El Nenny and Xhaka. And, and so we've moved, to, we've transitioned much quicker with them three moving up front. And another reason the, the likes of these players are playing better and putting in much more of an effort, in my view, is that because they're thinking now, my place ain't safe. Up till six or eight, six or eight weeks ago, they were thinking, "Oh, there was a light. My place is safe. There's no one really pushing me." Well, now there is, and there is big time. Mm. And and a couple of players playing well will raise the team. And party coming back in again will raise the team again. Will raise the team again when party plays. You know. As for the transfers, and once again, I'm not. I'd be surprised if we bought more than one player in in January if we don't manage to clear four out at least. But if, if, if as Dan says, 
if we bring in one player and he's a world-class player, then I'll take that. I'll take that with what we've got. I'll happily take that. Um, so, yeah. Would you... Um, would you as for Balogun, just to finish Fergus, let me finish off about Balogun. If we want, if the we, we we have nurtured him, we have fetched him forward, we have we have raised him, we have trained him, we have we have we have brought him through the club. And if he now wants to go, it'll be a bit sad, but let him go. If he wants to let an agent ruin his life, off he trots. Yeah, I agree, Andy. Off he trots. You know, move on. We'll get over it. We are the Arsenal. Right, I'm done. Can I, can I just make a quick point on Balogun? Obviously, Steve, Steve mentioned about the agent. From what I understand, it's it's nothing to do with the agent. The agent is someone that Arsenal have got good relationships with. He's he's also uh, Reese Nelson's agent and I believe Bakaya Saka's as well. He so is, yeah. he's, he's someone who, you know, they've got good contacts with and, and they you know, they trust. Um, the, the sticking point with the talks is basically the playing time. We've mentioned about Nketiah kind of being in the spot that Balogun would want and expect to be that second choice striker. Um, so... You know, I understand where Trevor's coming from about, you know, if he doesn't want to play for the club, whatever. But you've got to look at it from the player's perspective as well. You know, he's got to make a career out of, you know, the, the limited time he's got. He's He's got to go and get game time somewhere. He's got to think about himself. So I understand if he does want to leave because of lack of game time. Um, You, you mentioned there, and no, I, I wasn't aware right, that... Right. Oh, go on. Bloody go on, go on, Trev. Go, Trev, go, Trev, go, Trev. That's right. Put me right if I'm wrong, right? The way I see agents, right, as a fan looking in, that's what I am. I am a yeah. fan, right, looking in. The way I see agents, right, is a bit like, I've got to be careful, a bit like certain other professions that I'm not going to name, I don't want to get in trouble. An agent will say to a player, you come with me, son. I'll look after you. I'll get you the best deal we possibly can. Your future will be secure with me. And then the agent will go to the club and he'll build a great relationship like with the club, like you just said, Dan. And he'll say, right, we can sort this player, we can sort this deal, we can do that, we can look after you. But all the time, all that agent is really thinking about, if he's got a player here and he's got a club here, all he's thinking about is what drops in his pocket as the middleman for me. I'm sorry, but that's the way I see yeah. it looking in, Dan. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know, you know, how, how much... Of a, of a fee the agent will be getting if Balogun does go. But yeah, I think I think you're right, Trev, in terms of agents do, do like to meddle and, and put themselves first. Um, what I was going to ask you, uh, Dan, um, I do believe that um, uh, Saka's agent is the same agent as, as um, Balogun's agent. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of talk about uh, that Saka's on a two or three year deal. Uh, my understanding is that when he signed a new contract, and I don't know if you're aware or not aware, um, that he signed either a 24 or 18 month contract. Uh, I think it was a two year deal, um, which means that he would, after six months or this year, um, he'll want an increase. He's on 80 grand a week. He got increased too after his fantastic, well deserved, who well deserved 80 grand a week. Christ, get into the real world. Um, but. Uh, it, he 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 will be in a position to push for either big huge money or a move elsewhere. Do you know anything otherwise? Um, well, from what I was told, it was a four year deal. I think Arsenal described it as long term, but um, from my understanding, it was a four year contract. So I think Arsenal have tied him down for for a lot a lot longer than than the two years um, that some people have said. So you know that that is a good thing for Arsenal. But you know, as as Trevor saying about the agents, anything can happen when when they're looking to get yeah. a bit of cash in their pocket. Yeah, unfortunately, I have to deal with a few of them uh, here and there. So just quickly looking back at this squad. Uh, no, actually, before we go into that last bit, uh, there is one other bit of Arsenal news, which is Richard Garlick. Um, Garlick? Garlick, Richard. Um, uh, Richard Garlick um, has been announced as being our new um, director of football, taking over from the position at Husfami. So he'll be negotiating oh. contracts. Uh I don't know why you do it every time and with a delay. Uh. <laughs> um, he's taken over from um, uh, Husfami. Uh, he will be doing, he's got a lot of, he's a solicitor by trade. He's got a lot of experience with sports. He was director of football at West Bromwich Albion for a while. And in 2018, I believe he became director of football at the Premier League, or very high up within the Premier League. Uh, Steve, do you know anything about him? Trev, do you know anything about him? 
no, not that not, I saw the article earlier on, or saw something about him being appointed, and that was that was it. Oh. I think, yeah, nothing else. Don't know, don't care. Keep out the okay. just keep just do the contracts and keep out the football matters. I, one thing, one thing with Mister Garlic, one thing Mister Garlic is that if he's replacing the person that's been giving out the contracts, he can't do any worse, can he? We've got to be on an upward spiral, you know, never know. when you think of where we've been over the last few years. So, yeah, I don't know him. Never heard of him, to be honest. And uh, let's just say well, sort of, if, if he does the job, keeps out the limelight. And, and... There was talk of that. And there was also talk that there was a, a slight tweak in the hierarchy as well, that Edu is now reporting uh, – this is probably ahead of this um, appointment. I don't know if it will still stay that way after this appointment, that he was reporting directly to Arteta and Arteta has been given more and more responsibility. Dan, do you know anything of garlic? Do you know anything of, of not, not, the, not the, um, the, the, the smelly stuff, but Richard garlic? <laughs> <laughs> um, to be honest, I don't really know a lot about Richard garlic, um, but I think the most important thing is that we get a settled hierarchy now. Over the past two and a half, three years, we've had so so much chopping and changing. We've obviously had Wenger going, Mislintat coming and going, Raul Ley coming and going, Una Emre coming and going, Husfahimi coming and going. There's been lots, so many different changes, and I think that's why we've seen so many bizarre deals. We've obviously talked about Willian. You think about the likes of Ozil's deal, maybe Cedric as well, who's on a four-year contract. Uh, even the Balogun situation, there was a bit of talk of Husfahimi not kind of getting those talks right, and that's where the issue started. So I think now we need to have this settled hierarchy for three, four years. Just have people who are there who get things under control and get things right. Because that, that's how we're going to progress. I, 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 I totally agree with you because like when David Dean uh, went and got Arsene Wenger uh, and we had that 10 years at least anyway yeah. that everyone talks about and nobody disputes that 10 years and anything after that people have different views on. Um, and that was because of that partnership uh, between a good he wasn't a director of football, but whatever he was, David Dean and Arsene Wenger working together. Mikel Arteta is an intelligent man. Um, and if he ha has got the right people behind him, so he can concentrate more on the pitch than having to worry about what the tea lady gets paid and what contracts are signed and everything else. It can only be a good thing. But just to, to, to wind it up, uh, just looking at this team, I'm going to go go round everybody and see what they predict our scores are going to be starting in uh I'll, I'll go north to south i think it's probably the easiest thing so starting with you steve what's your score prediction for tonight on arsenal i think sorry tell them to get off xbox because i didn't hear you <laughs> <laughs> i said 2-1 arsenal I think. 2-1 Arsenal. All right, working our way down the country. Trev, what's your thoughts on uh, the score prediction tonight? Uh, I'm going to say 1-0. But I've got to tell you why first. Even. Listen, I'm saying 1-0 because just recently I've been wrong all the time. So I'm going for I'm going for a 1-0 open. I'm wrong again. And Dan, uh, what's your prediction with this line? Do you know what, Fergus? I'm feeling really confident. And I'm going to say 4-1. And I think Lacazette will get two, Smith-Rowe will get one, and Aubameyang will get the other. And Zaha will score for Palace. Well, put, Terry put agrees with you. If you want, you know. <laughs> uh, and Trofer agrees, agrees with you as well. Um, I, I, I went for a 3-1. Um, and uh, yeah, Scunny says no more four nils, Trev. It's 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 poor form on you. Um, I, the reason I've gone for it, look, our defence, as much as we've um, improved immensely defensively, we could actually go. I think it's twelve uh, a consecutive twelve home matches without a clean sheet under Arteta. So we do have problems. We've got David Luiz uh, in that back line who can be cause a calamity somewhere along the line and possibly. Um, give away a penalty or whatever. Uh, Heath has gone five. Good lad, mate. Um, but I'm, I've gone 4-1, and Palace haven't kept clean sheets in... I, I can't even be bothered to look for the stat. But the, um, the first Premier League clean sheet was in the op opening game of the season against Sheffield United uh, the last time out. So, um, And they've uh, absolutely shipped games since they've been playing behind closed stores. So I, I, on that basis, I think there will be a goal fest 
Um, I think uh, we will score more uh, than them and we are going to keep the run going. So let's have a look more. We got Ewan who's in 3 1. We got Scunny going for uh, agreeing with Trev. I've never seen that. You heathen, Scunny. Scunny. You heathen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a 3 0 uh, from Alfie. Uh, guys, uh, the only last thing I want to talk about, which is the most pertinent thing at the moment, is coronavirus. Uh, you know I've been touched closely by it. My wife was in hospital for six days with it. Uh, both of us have tested positive, uh, and I tested positive again and again and again. Um, uh, listen, just try and do what you're meant to do. Obey the rules. If you don't believe, don't believe. But don't get in social medias and telling everybody else that you don't believe. Uh, everyone is entitled to an opinion. I have no issue with that. Uh, but for the sake of everybody else, you might get it and pass it on. As I use the example, I could get it and pass it on to Trev, on to Steve, on to Dan, and none of us have any symptoms. And then you bump into somebody and pass it on to them innocuously, like happened my wife, and she ended up on... I, I calculated that over the five and a half, six days she was in the hospital, she had nearly 200,000 litres, 200,000 litres of oxygen pumped into her lungs. Um, when you look at it like that and you hear it like that, it, it, it is just unbelievable. I've got very good friends who work in the NHS and uh, they're working bloody hard. Um, so for them and for people who might be unlucky and get it bad, um, please do what you're told and just uh, behave. Uh, actually, Steve. You're getting a big sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and you and his uh, uh, jumped uh, to my punchline at the end. Um, before we finish, um, Dan, thank you very, very much for joining us. Guys, as always, I, I enjoy having your company. Um, but um, can you uh, just tell us a little bit about your blog and uh, where people can find you, your socials and everything else? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Journo Dan M. Uh, writing for the Guna fans at the moment. Obviously, been going for for a number of years and is the number one publication when it comes to Arsenal. I believe um, we we've had two issues out this season. Uh, we're also we're also at the online Guna where you can read our content online. So make sure you come over there and check that out. We'll be running a live blog tonight for the game. So if you can't watch it, come and join me over there. Um, but yeah, make sure to keep keep following all I'm doing and the Guna as well. And thank you for having me, Fergus. Appreciate it. You're more than well, more more than welcome, guys. Only one more last thing to say. I was trying Wait, to do your accent. Listen, listen. I didn't take. I, yeah, your N17 accent came out very, very appropriately there at one point, and I thought, "Ooh, you sound your mouth out, young man." <laughs> <laughs> Go on, you, you've got to stop me before I do the final line. So you might as well do it now. No, I'm not. I'm, since you've let me in, I wasn't going to come in, but since you've let me in, I echo what you say about coronavirus, Fergus. It's, I've watched you suffer and your wife suffer even more greatly over the last few weeks, and, and people need to listen to what you said. Dan, it's been a pleasure talking with you again, mate. It's, it's been it's been great having a catch-up. Hopefully, Thanks, we Jeff. won't leave it so long. And Steve, you know I love you, mate. I think you're sexy too, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, stay up north. <laughs> yeah. Right. Only one last thing to, to say, guys. You have been watching Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Up the arse. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.